0: Yeah. Welcome to this week's episode of the Into the Wilderness podcast, which is in fact number 77. Uh, I believe iTunes has actually kind of got rid of the, the episode numbers. They are there if you click into them. So if we're ever referring back to a podcast, uh, you have to click... Like further, go deeper into the podcast to find out the episode number. It used to be very plain and simple on iTunes. But That's kind of frustrating because I'm about to refer people back to a podcast. <laughs> it it, it is... is. It is.
1: You, you can figure it out. I'm sure you can. Uh, and the podcast I'm going to refer you back to is at the end of this one, you're going to be hearing just very briefly from Mike Day. Mike Day is the director of well, quite a, a few films now, uh, but we interviewed him a year and a half ago about his film The Islands and the Whales. And if you go back to podcast number 23, you will be able to listen to that entire fascinating podcast. In here, what all he's going to tell you is a brief overview of what it's been like in the last year and a half, which has been a bit crazy for him, travelling around the world to film festivals, uh, but also the fact it's in UK cinemas right now. Uh, if you visit the islands with an S and the whales.com, all of the dates are on there. If you're in Scotland, I know that the two coming up very soon for when this podcast goes out, 10th and 11th in Edinburgh, and even sooner than that,
0: 5th, 6th, 7th is London, but it's all around the country, so just go check out the website and you'll find it. Go and check it out, I have in fact seen it twice, uh, one in the cinema and then we were fortunate enough to have a a viewing before the podcast as well, so that was the the second time I saw it. Fascinating, uh, fascinating documentary. I actually took a, a bunch of friends of mine to the Edinburgh uh, the Edinburgh showing a year ago and yeah, they found it fascinating as well. So yeah, well worth going. And if you can't quite figure out where it is, just scroll all the way back to number one, count to 20. 23. 23. Um, and you will find the show. So you'll be hearing from Mike
1: at the end about that. Uh, but the bulk of this podcast we recorded at uh, the Euro Outdoor Classic. And it is with uh, a friend of mine who is also a podcast listener and a fan of the show, which is great. But on top of that, he's probably one of the most experienced guides in Europe. Uh, we are going to be hearing from Thomas Vettik from Artemis Hunting. Uh, it's been so long ago, Daryl, I can't actually remember what was uh,
0: what we discussed. It was it was a very yeah. rambling discussion you, you, about you, hunting
1: and experience. You know it? what?
0: I do actually know what the show is about, but I'm just going to let you have a little surprise. It's It's, yeah, it's... It's a good show. Uh, It made me laugh at points as well. You were giggling when you were editing. So yeah, in fact, it's a surprise today. We're going to just let you listen to the show and uh, find out what it's all about from there. But like Byron said, it was recorded at the the IWA show. Yeah, Tom is a really,
1: really great guy and absolutely fascinating to speak to. And he's got a good sense of humor. So I think the only thing that we really need to tell you about uh, before you get into that is competitions.
0: Yeah, and I've got a few other things. Oh, so. you've got a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, what, well, do you want me to go? Oh, you, you're you uh, far away. We'll, we'll give competitions last then. Okay, we'll do, yeah. I mean, everyone's holding on for the competitions anyway. <laughs> uh, so, uh, first thing is thank you for all the reviews uh, that we got over the last uh, few weeks. We've had loads of reviews and everyone continues to leave wonderful reviews. We had uh, the first piece of negative feedback on one of our shows um, on YouTube. First all, piece in two and a half years. In two and a half years, almost <laughs> three years. Um, someone that, that said, um, "I don't have my phone on me. Otherwise, I would read it out properly." But you can go, always go and check it out if you really want to. Uh, and uh, they basically said uh, that our show would be a lot better if we just weren't in it. Basically, that was the the gist of it. Stop talking at the beginning. They just they were only there to hear Remy Warren, and they <laughs> they really couldn't give a, a shit what we said. <laughs> I'm, no. I'm pleased that you're a fan of Remy. We are too. Yeah, but, we are we are too. But we need well. to introduce the show. Uh, yeah, uh, so we need to introduce the show. And also, people do actually kind of listen to and also he had a dig at our numbers because there was like only 140 views on YouTube and as any of our long-time listeners would know nobody really watches on YouTube because this is a podcast and our show gets automatically (laughs) uploaded to YouTube there's no video on it so like there is such a small fraction of people that actually consume the show on YouTube Um, so thank you to the thousands of listeners not 140 (laughs) um, that we we have yeah and all the, the many, many people who leave positive reviews. Yeah, that was the only negative one we had, so I don't feel too bad. There was a nice reply that I left him afterwards. Um, so oh yeah, the only other thing I wanted to blab about, because he said that we blabbed too much, uh, was Modern Huntsman. If you have ordered a Modern Huntsman, we promise you we haven't ripped you off. Your money is safe um there has been a shipment issue not on our side uh we ordered it a month ago and not least. even actually on the side of the guys behind modern huntsman no. who we know quite well
1: it, it, it was the shipment company that they use have i actually think it's lost now. i
0: don't well I either it never got sent yeah. or it's lost but don't worry we've already preempted this we were so worried about it we've actually ordered another a, a batch two two batches so we've actually got Two more batches coming, and the first one is expected uh, hopefully within a week of this show going out. And basically, if you have put in an order, it will be going out straight away. There's enough; we've ordered enough copies, and then we have a secondary lot coming. You're talking like three days after the next lot coming. So we have done everything within our power to make sure that the Modern Huntsmen are coming and. Uh, you can't actually get it any other way in the UK right now.
1: And, and the guys, they've actually taken their distribution back in-house now. So yeah. hopefully
0: going forward, this won't happen because they are in control at their end and we'll be in control at and, our And uh, going forward as well, the, the reason why we're in this situation is because all you good people bought so many copies of Mon Huntsman is we sold out almost straight away. But we're going to have a much bigger first order. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> we're going to have stock. And then from the, the, in the future, we will basically be the only place within the UK that you can get it from.
1: It is coming. Yeah. Now to competitions?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all That's so. you're done. Yeah.
1: So competition winner from three weeks ago, actually, because... We're it's sorry, been... it's been so long. <laughs> In fact, we've been to Svalbard since the oh, last yeah, show. Oh, yeah, so we have. It's, uh, time has absolutely flown. For our, our regular listeners, you will remember that we put out a show early one week after. We brought you Jim Shockey's show one week after the previous show because we were out the country in Svalbard. It, the coldest it got was about minus 40 out there. And I think we're going to go and sit down with uh, Johnny, who, who took us there to do some filming uh, at some point, and do a podcast about it because it was such we, we an amazing to. place.
0: You know what? It's, it's kind of surreal. I, it's kind of stupid that we forgot that we'd been on that trip, but it kind of doesn't feel real that we actually – um, did it? If anyone doesn't know where Svalbard is, because one of my best friends, um, when I said to him I'm going to Svalbard, he thought it was just Norway, like northern Norway. And then when I started putting up pictures, he actually looked on the map and was like, "Wow, that is far north. Like if you, depending on what map you look at, it is further north than um, uh, well, Greenland, top of, Greenland. Top of um, uh, all of the uh, next stop, North Pole, Alaska, yeah. all those places. It's top it. And yes, the next stop, North Pole. So it is. It's uh in in terms of time on a flight, if you flew straight from Scotland it'd only be about three and a half but hours. Can't. But you can't do that. Uh so you've got to kinda of go the long way around. Um, so it took us two days basically to get together. Although it's not but really it, that far. It's not that stressful journey, but I tell you what, it is worth
1: it. Uh incredibly unique. Mm-hmm more, it's
0: furthest removed from my day-to-day life as any other place I've been on the planet. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And if you'd like to see some of the pictures, we've started picking them up on Instagram and uh, on Facebook as well.
1: Yeah. But we're going to bring you a whole a whole show uh, with Johnny from Sandgrass Travel and Expeditions, who uh, took us there and who we are making a film for on the back of that trip. So I'm not quite sure when that's going to be out yet, but it won't be too far away, not in the too far distant future. So with that said, uh, now to competitions. The winner from three weeks ago uh, is uh, uh, Johannes Norgard, I think. That's how you say your name. Where is he from? Sweden or Norway. I can't remember which one. Scandinavian. Um, So congratulations. You won the Hornady Reloading Sign. And you, did you think about how to enter the next
0: competition? Doug? I think we're just going to make it really, really simple. What, what do they have to win? Is it reloading? It's manual? This,
1: this one is a, it's the latest edition of the Hornady reloading. Is that the manual. one
0: that Rosie was holding? No, but we can. Oh, yes, it is the one that Rosie was holding, but we can if also. You know, you know, <laughs> if you know what Rosie, uh, YouTube. Uh, reloading or, with Rosie. Reloading with Rosie, and then you'll know what we're talking about. And it's. Uh, uh, I think are they all out now. They're done, yeah. Five okay, episodes. episodes. It's uh, a series of uh, films. Uh, that teaches you about reloading. Yeah. So it's uh, presented
1: by uh, a lady called Rosie, and she brings in experts, basically. Is that actually her name? Yeah, Rosie Jones. Okay. Um, uh, And I think when we get the next batch of stuff up, We'll also have um, reloading diaries so that you can keep track of your loads. And I thought you were par- going to say a full cutout of Rosie <laughs> because I noticed there was a few of them floating around. No, but they are reloading with Rosie diaries where there's a picture on the front and stuff. So if if they come in time uh, for the winner who wins the latest edition of the Hornady Reloading Manual, will also stick in. Yeah. The diary.
0: So anyway, uh, that that side aside, um, to win this uh, the reloading manual, I'm going to put a picture up on the, the Facebook page and the Instagram page of the reloading manual, and all you have to do is um, tag a friend uh, below and on Instagram because I know that some people actually don't have a huge amount of friends on instagram it's not like you don't have any friends it's just that i know some people don't a lot yeah. of people follow only a few select a people. select yeah. few people um you can just comment uh below and if you do not have social media which i know some of you do we don't exclude you just shoot us an email and then we put you in the ballot just the same as everyone else which i think is fairly fair um over the last two months actually our um, listenership in the united states has uh, skyrocketed so um Hello. Yes, uh, hello. From, Welcome to the show. Uh we will be over in the states uh, in the next uh, year. I hope soon. Yeah. So uh we'd love to catch up with you we we've got a number of people that we are 100% going to meet up with that we've met through the show. Well, we haven't actually met them but we know them communicated. from communicated because of the show and we are going to meet up with them and uh the one thing is there's not enough people rocking car stickers in america we've only we've only shipped like two out uh in fact, I need to check that the the car sticker thing has been uh has sol- resolved. Sol- resolved because the last person that bought a car sticker was charged like fifteen pounds for postage we refunded them. we <laughs> refunded them don't worry, and it was only uh, i think one pound forty um It was a problem with our website but um we're gonna to give away some car stickers so in fact, let's give away some right now if you are from the United States. Uh, send us an email on the first few people that we email get. Email or Instagram message or something. Yeah, just say, mess- I'm a podcast listener. I'm from the States. Send me a sticker. I need a picture to prove it or something. <laughs> uh, in fact, your address will prove it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, if you are from the United States, uh, then we'll uh, send you over some. So yeah, first come first serve for the people in the States. Don't worry. People in the UK and the rest of Europe will give you some as well. Well, we, you've we, just run some well, competitions. I've you? just given away about 15 and they all went to p- people from the UK uh switzerland and sweden so i'm not excluding people absolutely
1: not uh and very very soon it's going to be game fair season
0: uh, it's actually only
1: like five weeks till the northern shooting show and we've got a whole ton of stuff uh happening at the northern shooting which we've told you about in previous po- podcasts including our film festival we're going to be there so if you're going to be at the northern shooting show um if you're not
0: do it yeah. and uh, it's, it's if you the, are come find it's us. it's a place to be honestly right. there's so many good people going this year it's crazy uh, we,
1: we have people literally flying, flying
0: f- around the world to be at the film festival to be at the film. we've got people coming from south africa we've got people coming from denmark, denmark. um that's about it actually those are the furthest people those are the two people i can think of off the top of my head but they're both speaking yeah yeah, yeah they're both speaking but at i mean the there is festival. people coming from like Literally all over the country. We know people coming from like the north of Scotland going down to the Northern Shooting Show. So but
1: I know there's actually some other
0: Europeans coming yeah. as well. So I mean, no excuse. It's it's a good location. It's. Um, Relatively easy for the the Scots to go down there. It's not that stressful, and uh, I guess for the people travelling north um from like the the hell hole which is southern <laughs> England, I don't, I don't. It's easy. I, I don't mean that in a mean way. As in it's a Hull hole I mean it as in traffic and yeah. population. Because I used to live down in uh, Portsmouth, and whenever I used to travel north, it used to stress me out because of the amount of traffic. That's what I mean it by. <laughs> there are some lovely parts of southern England. Yeah. And, uh, it's yeah, I think it's going to be a great show. So much going on this year, some of
1: which hasn't even been announced yet and will be announced in the next couple of weeks. So keep an ear out from that from us and also from the guys at Northern Shooting Show. You can follow them on all the social media.
0: And that's us, awesome, I think. Yeah, time is. to hear from Tomo. Yeah, enjoy the show.
1: And that's it, Tomo. Just like that, press the button, we're live. And I think this quite possibly is the first time we've ever had a consistent podcast listener on the podcast but you're also someone that we wanted on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, thank
2: you very much. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and you you consume this podcast. You said whenever you've got a long drive or you got to
2: commute somewhere. Every time last time I was driving to Croatia and uh, I knew that drive will be like 19 hours. Um so basically I had like five 19 hours. Yeah, 19 yeah. hours. You have like 2000 almost 2000 miles I don't wow. know. Or 2000 kilometers actually, yeah. sorry. Uh, so it takes long time, and um, yeah, I would, I put like five podcasts I didn't listen <laughs> just for that journey. So I definitely had amazing. You yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. up listening to us by the end. No, of a- <laughs> n- no, not really, because all every time when you have podcast, is something interesting. Mm. Um, even fishing, I'm not fisherman, and still I was listening to the. That's good. To that podcast is good. Uh, it makes me relaxed while I'm driving, and Thomas tones t- relaxed. No, Thomas yeah. was telling me yesterday
1: yeah. that he used to be a very angry driver. Yeah, <laughs> but now he's a relaxed driver because yeah. he's not in a rush to get anywhere.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly that. that yeah. Sometimes I re- really want to make a journey even slower. Just to listen to the end, you know. <laughs> Do you know, it's funny. A lot because, of people tell yeah. us that.
0: Uh, I've um, not on our yeah. own show, <laughs> but when I've been listening to things in the car, yeah. Sometimes I've pulled into my driveway yeah. and sat there for five minutes. I did the same, to, just to get the same. <laughs> and, and my wife would be looking out the window, going, "What on earth are you doing?"
2: Yeah, I I was the same in my parking drive. Uh, just uh, that was with Remy. Yeah. I was standing there, I mean, sitting in my car for 25 minutes, actually, <laughs> and people would come, my neighbors, and say, what's going on, it's all good, it's all good, just, yeah, it's great, Bluetooth, it's <laughs> fantastic.
1: <laughs> oh, we better stop talking about that. Yeah. Uh, we are at the IWA show yes. in Nuremberg. Yeah. It's it's quite an event. It's, it is. This is only our second year here, but you've done
0: quite a few. Uh,
2: for me, I four or five times, yeah, mm. it's... For, for people who don't know what it's about, like, why would you come here? I mean, it's all about trade, basically. Business to business. It's not for end consumers, mm. basically. So, all the dealers, they come here. They, they can talk to brands directly, mm. arrange deals, uh, make uh, forecast for uh, sales in, in the Duffin, next year yeah. and so You on. get
1: to see a lot of nice shiny kit in one place. E-
2: exactly, exactly that. And the, all the novelties and so on, this is our like shot show in the States. Yeah. This is for this part of the world, the biggest yeah. one. Mm-hmm. So it's great. It's great.
1: Uh, you have been actually on my list of people to get on the podcast because okay, you, you have much. a really interesting backstory and you have done some... There's few people that I personally yeah. know who have done as much hunting as you. But, yeah. for, for our listeners, just tell us how you've got to where, where you are and your, your hunting backstory, because I'm I mean, intrigued about that, I don't even really know it.
2: I grew up in hunting family, you know, I'm fourth generation of hunters in my family, and uh, I grew up in Croatia. Um, it was, at that time, it was like liberal communism and so on, so my father would take me occasionally when I was seven, eight years old, to go and shoot pheasants with him, yeah. and uh, he was breathing like uh, pointers. I, I was totally into, into dogs and hunting with dogs. And that's how I grew up, grew up. I mean, the first shot I had, I was like seven, eight years ago. Uh, Seventy years old. Um, and also, I remember uh, in a hunting, Croatian hunting magazine, I was seven, something like that. I don't know why I remember that. But there was a nice article about Ibex. And since that moment, were I said, it was like, oh, this is what I want to do once in a lifetime. It was my dream. And uh, now every year I go a few times to Kyrgyzstan, or for myself, or just for other guys guiding them, and so on. It's good.
1: You, you, you've jumped quite a lot ahead there because I yeah. know some of your IBEX yeah, yeah. trips. I mean, we, I want to talk a little bit about yeah. that. And we're going to be speaking to Rob, Rob Gearing. Oh, yeah, he uh, was, tomorrow. Yeah, oh, he was on one of your trips. Yeah, yeah,
2: he was with me. So great. we're
1: going to we're going to speak to him about that. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot in between. Yeah, you in between was loot, and, yeah and basically
2: I was shooting pheasants and so on and. Uh, uh, when I was finished university, I was 18, 19 years old, and then I could um, eagerly own and uh, possess firearms and start hunting. So, But before that, it was war, wartime, and uh, basically when my father was in trenches, he would find some rifle and go around. Uh, nobody could stop you or wanted to stop you. It was like a little bit of anarchy, you know, it mm. wasn't... So you could so go hunt... And exactly, and my, my, my will to hunt, it's not, it wasn't about poaching for meat or trophies. I just wanted to spend my time in the mountains with my rifle and go around, like walking, you know. I read the, all the stories from Craig Boddington as a kid and Roark and so on and... you it does something up, to exactly you, Exactly, so it? I wanna yeah. do that, I yeah. wanna do that. So, That was my my story there, and then I finished uh, university, then military school, I came to to England 12 years ago, I worked in school as a teaching assistant, Uh, at that time Croatia wasn't part of EU so they couldn't accept my bachelor's degree and so on. We um, don't like outsiders, that's the yeah, problem. I know, I know. But, <laughs> but I, you're I, still I, here, Tom. Exactly, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, they got, I mean, I got the yeah. passport, so yeah. it must be that I was good. Good boy. Uh, yeah, I worked in a school and I was thinking every day, my God, this is not what I want to do. I mean, I didn't want to, I like teaching, but naughty kids and son so and all these laws. You, I said, okay, this is. You this didn't is have the not, freedom. Exactly. Right. I didn't have the freedom because I worked with. Kids at that time excluded from mainstream schools, uh. so I, I was working one on one to push them back to mainstream schools. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean they would attack you and so on. And by the law, you were not protected. They were protected. All these kids and they, they're, they're trying to attack you. You're not exactly a small guy yourself. With scissors. First <laughs> really? morning in London was attacked with scissors, and I, I was I thought it's a joke until basically he was on me. I said, Wow, <laughs> what's this? So, so you'd
1: left conflict in Croatia. Welcome yeah,
2: yeah. to the British education yeah, yeah, exactly. system. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wow. Uh, yeah, and you know that uh, Russia's Square bombing and so on? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was there. I said, my God, I survived the war and I was almost killed at the warborne place. Yeah. When that bus blew up, I was 200 yards from it. Really? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Wow. I said, what's going on? So, yeah, when I was in school, uh, I was thinking about, I, I want to do something I really like to do. I saw lots of guys in England, they had the opportunity actually to express their ideas and trying to chase their ideas. So I was thinking, I mean, hunting was my passion, my lifestyle in Croatia. So, And I also wanted to spend more time in Croatia and hunting was the best thing. I saw a few adverts about shooting in Croatia and I was thinking, my God, I, I can do this better. Yeah, yeah. And those guys would hire me in the past, yeah. like the yeah. big companies, they would hire you to guide people, you know. I said and there was always you know agent promises one thing and uh, it's a dirty cli- world the agent exactly world, client comes with another yeah. idea and you think my god they promise something which i can't deliver so the whole thing i was thinking my god i i want to start something like this if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't i started 10 11 years ago and uh, i i can't complain i had really good support from uh, uh, clients in britain from people in uh, media uh, I made lots of friends, Uh, I met so many nice people. I mean, it's just an unbelievable journey for me. Uh, But also because my clients would ask always for some new adventures new so you're always looking and creating exactly. new places to exactly go. exactly and uh, when i went into business it wasn't about money it was just about chasing my dreams with somebody else and helping them to achieve their dreams as well it was like remy was saying on that yeah.
1: podcast you know if you want to do something just yeah. do it
2: and that's what i've done
1: you got to just do it
2: yeah i, ca- I can't complain i had i mean first of all uh, wife, she supported me massively because she had a regular job, well paid and I didn't have that sort of things. So I started business with 300 pounds in my pocket, saved as a t-shirt. It's incredible journey, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: And you've been now to some incredible places on the planet to hunt. Uh, yeah,
2: I've been to some, uh, sometimes accidentally. You wouldn't believe, you know, you go to one country and uh, you're in mountain range, whatever, and you don't realize that you crossed the border quite. <laughs> yeah, Do you want to tell us a story? <laughs> so basically, I can. I mean, I don't care. They can't catch me. <laughs> but the first time when I went to Kyrgyzstan, just observe ground. Um, you were just looking to see what it was like Yeah, exactly how people they how they operate and so on because the cultural difference is huge um, expectations uh, treating people from different cultures and so everything is different so I wanted to explore that so for first time we went and we went through mountain range and on horseback um, I didn't know how to ride horse properly so I was in pain, but I said, okay, it's adventure. so <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a journey. We crossed to China. We crossed to China, and we didn't know. Um, and then when we were sitting, when everything was finished, he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we were going here, here and here." A guy, he was speaking a little bit Russian, a little bit uh, broken English, and I can understand quite well Russian. It's Slavic languages like Croatian one. so he said, "But we went to China." So, oh, yeah, yeah, it happens sometimes because we had snow there, so we wanted you to, want to go around. Exactly, yeah. to China. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I spoke a year after that. Uh, I met guy at the airport. Um, I saw him in uh, Kamo Sitka uh, gear, yeah? And I said, are you Hunter? He said, oh, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm going to Mid-Asia. I want to shoot Marco Polo and so on. And uh, that was brilliant. And then he told me a story about him and his friend first time when they went. They also crossed to China. But the Chinese border, basically, they thought that somebody smuggling something. So they were shooting... At them and they fired in back in the mountains. In the mountains, yeah. you wouldn't believe. I mean, that's what so, they so told me. A so, a gunfight in the mountains <laughs> with the Yeah, Chinese. yeah. They said we, we fired a few shots and we ran away, but they didn't shoot at people at border. Yeah. They just fired, and uh, they said, "What's happened? Nothing. Nobody, nobody chased us. Nothing." And the guide who took them there, he didn't know the area properly because they i mean those nomads they live there but some of them are into hunting some of them are not those into hunting they know area really well but they have also young guys and they want to yeah learn yeah exactly so that was one of those um but I, i love that part of the world yeah it's uh,
1: the pictures from from those ibex trips are just incredible i mean the the closest i I have to uh, to that experience was my recent trip to nepal it kind of in some parts, had like similar look to it from the pictures i'd seen
2: definitely i mean i would love to go to nepal because uh speaking simon it's different type of ground lots of rocks and so on in Kyrgyzstan you have rocky terrain, but you have also like grassy slopes and um, it's magnificent country, nice people, I can't say that they are not, they are just, they are just different and uh, whenever, whenever I take people or if I send them there with my guys, with my team, they will do the job every time and they will give you chances, you should be prepared to take it, but um, you always tell them all these small tricks because you know what when when you send client there you, even when I was the first time client there I wanted to shoot Ibex they were talking in Russian in between them and they we saw heard of Ibex said okay they, they're all nice but six seven years old at that age you don't shoot them it's you want something that, older, exactly yeah. older more mature and uh, I mean you're paying it's, it's not cheap yeah so you want a good trophy, and that money will they will keep for conservancy and so on. It, it's, it keeps the poachers away. But nomads, your guys, they want meat. They don't care about horns. All they want you oh, they to want shoot as soon as possible, yeah, to finish the hunt as soon as possible, and get the meat. <laughs> you get horns and skin. And they get meat. Uh, exactly. And they they were talking to each other, oh, yeah, yeah we, we should push them to shoot those said uh, guys um, I understand what you're yeah, saying yeah. <laughs> and they were so confused they didn't know what to say so <laughs> I said, said listen they're, they're small no no they they are good they're good I said listen they're not more than 80 centimeters and I'm not here to shoot anything below 100 because you can you want to shoot an exactly, old animal exactly old animal mature animal much animal which would die in the next 2 3 years anyway they have lots of wolves. They have even snow leopards now on some grounds, which that's is good. Amazing, yeah. yeah, it is amazing. We saw some trucks and so on. And that's how it happened. So every time when I send somebody, I tell him exactly what can happen, the whole scenario, what they, are, what they want to do as guys and nomads, yeah. because they don't, they don't care. All they want is to finish that hunt as soon as possible, go back to camp and eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: So how does the... Uh so those areas there, you were saying yeah. that the, the, the monies and some of the, some of the fees there goes yeah. to protect the conservancy. So how how does that work, Thomas?
2: It works basically. You pay tax uh, tag to government. So every ta- tag you use, they know exactly who shot when and where. So you get the permit, all the permits you need. After the hunt, they go to officials, they stamp it and so on. To make the process a little bit because they're lazy and they always expect bribe, bribe, I mean, tips, Yeah, let's put it in this way. So you tip them to do their job, which they should do anyway, but they say, okay, in five days, come. Incentive four. money. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they would tell you, oh yeah, in five three, five, three to five days, you can come. I said, but you, all I need is just stamp to export the trophy. Oh, yeah, but it takes three to five days. So <laughs> <laughs> what can you do?
1: I've, I've been there in South Africa. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: yeah, you know how it yeah. works. But, yeah, for every tag, money goes to government. But also, in every county where you hunt, part of that money from the whole hunt goes also to that county officials. For hunting and protection and conservancy and so on, which is great for rangers. They have rangers. So so they're
1: actually physically patrolling it to make sure people aren't. They they
2: do. I mean, what's happened uh, to my guys uh, two years ago? um, They were they were hunting in the area where it's national park, but you can't see the borders obviously. But guys, they knew the area, but there was official guy ranger and he claimed that my guys shot ibex in national park and they were at least 500 meters from the border and there is no way that they would go there because the the area wasn't with ibex it, it wasn't great and they were shooting on rockies um, rocks uh, on the other side but they couldn't prove that they they did right and the ranger guy he's the guy he's official so they didn't have a choice. They ended up in police department and so really? on. They said, I have it on GPS and so on. So th- they called me and said, Listen, we are stranded here. We don't know what to do. I said, You don't do anything. I'll speak to my team. Uh, we'll sort it out. I know how it works. All they wanted to do is that Ranger is to get 700 euros for himself or dollars for capturing somebody. Exactly. All ah, right. Yeah. So, so he they couldn't prove okay. that they get uh, got in because he couldn't. He has GPS, but on GPS, he didn't show that those guys were in.
1: So, so I can see the positives there. Because they, so their incentive is
2: to make yeah. sure they catch poachers yeah. or people
1: who are doing things they should. Exactly. It's just a shame that
2: there's still this little around um, the yeah. back. So at the end, everything ended up well. I mean, I had to pay lots of things. Uh, I mean, huge, huge tip. We are talking about thousands of dollars yeah. for something shot. Perfectly legally, otherwise you wouldn't get trophy, you, could, you wouldn't get your rifle back and so on. So it was sorted out.
1: But they are there, those guys are in the mountains watching. They are,
2: so, so you learn every time. In th- these countries when you go there you have to expect unexpected things. It's Everything. kind of the excitement of it, though, isn't it? That's what I like and most of my guys when they go there they say, we go for adventure, whatever happens we don't care, we are there for lifetime adventure because you need 10 days for example trip 10 to 12 days all together you know from UK and come back and so on so you don't wanna I mean you can't afford 10 to 12 days every year or every few years everybody's busy yeah. you have family you have to go on different holidays That's, so when you go, you want a lifetime adventure. Sit around campfire one day when you are older, and, and talk about y- it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's those
1: kind of adventures yeah. that you tell the stories yeah. about. Exactly. I, you, I, was, I was just thinking while you are telling yeah. me that story. The one thing that really made me laugh is just David Wright was with you. Yeah, he was. he was. He was. Tell, tell our listeners the story about I'm eating the testicles. Oh my god. <laughs> this so is, do you know this tale?
0: <laughs> I have
2: heard roughly the story of David. <laughs> I uh, mean that was so our, our man on
0: Field Sports
2: <laughs> Channel, yeah. David Wright. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was funny. Before we went on the trip, uh, Craig Koot from Tier 1, a great friend of mine, and he, it was his second trip to Kyrgyzstan. Just again, he said to me, "Tom, I just need something to relax. Rob Gearing said, I'm in. So we went, and I called David to join us. So two days before we departed, uh, Craig told me, he said, uh, I told him a little bit, lots of BS, yeah. w- you know, to make them scared and so on. He said, Rob Gearing is not bothered, but I think that David will think about it." <sighs> I said, what did you tell them? I mean, come on. <laughs> he said, oh yeah, that they will eat, uh, like in initiation, uh, they have to eat uh, dried horse testicles. I said, what do you mean? He said, you remember that? I said, oh, "Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, exactly. They will eat that. And I told them that those are... Horses testicles, dried. <laughs> so no way. <laughs> so I thought it's a joke. Anyway, we were driving from the airport and after, I don't know, six hours of driving somewhere in mountain range, there are nomads selling their goods. I mean, whatever they produce from m- normally horse milk, they were offering horse milk and that um, cheese. L- little round balls. Yeah, round mm. balls. But it's so hard and really, really salty and sourish. Mm. I mean… Sounds disgusting. Sounds disgusting. Tastes disgusting. We tried it. Um, We were alright. We survived. But so David Wright, he was there. I was filming him with his camera and and he was totally into dried horse sexicles actually. He thought I'm eating this shit and (laughs) Rob was there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rob said, I'll do it first. He did it. He said, yeah, it's a little bit chewy. So it was <laughs> David's turn. He did it. He did it. He almost puked.
0: He looked, he was gagging in the video. Yeah, he, It's oh amazing what the mind does to you when yeah. you think something else.
2: Yeah, I don't think he would do it. But because Rob did it, and he said, oh, it's all right. He wasn't all right. Thought, but I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm i a strong guy. I'm Spartan. So yeah. David said, yeah, he tried to do and he almost puked there. And I felt so sorry for him. But the deal was with Craig, don't tell them anything until we finish the hunt and everything. So they were talking about horses' testicles every single day, all the time, how disgusting it is, and they don't feel right. <laughs> but it's also altitude sickness, yeah, yeah, so of course, you never yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, it, was it because of cheese or not? But, uh, my God, that was that was funny. And, uh, and what that, was
1: his reaction when you got out of the mountain and you told him?
2: I didn't know if he is going to kill us or what. <laughs> because he, he couldn't believe what we had done to him.
1: That's so mean.
2: Oh, he, he called us with few names. <laughs> of course, joking and so on, but... Yeah, he couldn't believe. And I said, it wasn't my idea, it's Craig. And Craig said, no, it wasn't mine, it's Thomas. I said, Craig, come on, don't stop lying. <laughs> but it, it was great. And then uh, I think it was a revenge. He filmed me how I'm snoring there in the sun. Yeah, and I can the snore. The guide supposed to yeah, be yeah. taking us <laughs> sleeping <laughs> in the sun. With his head yeah, we were waiting. Rock. We were waiting actually for 4x4 four four vehicles. We finished the hunt. We came from mountain ranges. Horses were exhausted, we were exhausted. I think that day we covered uh, between 50 and 60 kilometers wow. on courses in one way, in one go, in one way, uh, with loss of meat. I mean, we shot uh, three Ibexes, and we are talking about at least, I don't know, like um, 200 kilos of meat, plus all the equipment for few uh, seven days. I'm uh, heavy. How many people um, were with you? Uh, at that time, there were rob craig myself uh and david as a carmen guy uh for swiss uh, field sports channel um who was there i had one two three i had three guides three guides uh for joint four, four all together for all together because yeah sometimes i take it's not it's my right no, yeah. that's okay there's yeah. a
1: phone someone there's so many people walking around here it could yeah, be someone exactly. else's phone yeah 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 anyway, sorry. <laughs>
2: um yeah sometimes it depends uh, on um, on clients we have actually it's my <laughs> second one
0: <laughs> two phones I was wondering I was like it's not your phone but I can <laughs> but hear it. I can hear it <laughs> yeah, if someone left the phone guys. next to us
2: No no I have I have few always uh, see this Nokia it's cheap one yeah but the battery lasts like 9 days so yeah. when you go to remote areas you rely on this on an iPhone, you can't rely. No, no. It's good you, for pho- photos uh, and that's
1: it. You can't rely on an iPhone. It just the cold kills it in two seconds. Exactly.
2: Uh, Samsung, all these fancy phones we use, they're great for multimedia, whatever we are using. But when you go to remote areas, I always have cheap Nokia, which will last forever.
0: Did they not start remaking it? Well, that is it. I think it costs £34, and uh, like you said, it lasts yeah. nine days.
2: I, I have like uh, three or four of these because they're so cheap. And they can take any SIM card, wherever you travel. Yeah, you just put it in. Exactly, you put in and uh, it can save your life or whatever. Sometimes you depend on bloody battery. I had, um, it was like four years ago, a uh, guy couldn't, he, he had like panic attack. Uh, we were hunting in a mountain range and uh, everything was fine, but he was all the guy and uh, after Shama And when he saw where we have to go down the cliffs, of course it was safe, but he had panic attack. Wow. Yeah, I'm old and so on. So our batteries were flat. And then I remember that I had uh, red one Nokia in my backpack. I took it out and uh, it helped me to call mountains uh, rescue guys. So you
1: actually had to get him off the mountain?
2: I mean, I, I asked him, do you want us to take you down or will I'll call mountain rescue? And he said, uh, mountain rescue. Basically, he didn't want to walk.
1: Was that really the reason?
2: <sighs> I guess so, yeah. because... But how far
1: it, had you walked up? He must
2: have gone quite a I, I mean, we are talking about two kilometers and he covered in that damp- uh, uh, When we were going up, He was fine, but when we were going down, oh my God, it looks steep. I mean, it looks steep, but I wouldn't take you somewhere where you can't walk. Yeah, You know, so So many times. Yeah, that's happened only... What country was that in? In Croatia. Croatia? Yeah, yeah. It's unbelievable. But yeah, uh, is there a good mountain rescue system in Croatia? Very good, very fantastic. Yeah, they're all volunteers, but my God, they same as same as Scotland. All volunteers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, They get some funds. I don't know, people, donations, whatever. But th- they save so many tourists every year because lots of tourists, they go there in Lots flip-flops. of tourists are stupid. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
1: We have the, the same problem. We have the same you problem. It's the ridiculous. Yeah. They walk up
0: a mountain with a t-shirt and shorts on yeah, and, and forecast flip-flops. for clouds to come in yeah. and, uh, and to be snowing at the top. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's
2: even worse than in Croatia. I mean, the weather can change so quickly. But they go, actually, they, they rescued so many people in flip-flops, and uh, <laughs> they had hypothermia. Uh, two years ago, basically, there was German school. They had like 60 kids trapped in mountains, really high mountains, and it was cloudy and so on. And they had summer clothing, and the temperature dropped to plus 5 degrees they managed to save them in last minute, basically. But, I mean, how can you do it's that? Just you have y- to be stupid.
1: You just need a little bit of common sense. Exactly. But that's the, I mean, that's... We always talk about encouraging people from the towns and cities, the, 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 the yeah. urban places, come and yeah. experience the countryside a yeah. bit. But... Two things. One, you've got to respect those places. Well, in respect in the way, of, like, don't leave shit there, like rubbish, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. try not to leave your yeah. mark there. Yeah. Uh, but also, just understand, try and understand a little bit about it, because... The, the it way the exposure will exposure kill you. Exposure, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not dangerous, but you've got to have yeah. the right kit with you.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the thing is, everything is available online. You have agents, you have uh, outdoors people. You can find the information what you need. You don't need the most expensive kit if you're going for one hike. I mean, everything is available, but they're just too lazy and oh, it's just a hill. It's not, especially not in Scotland. I mean, yeah,
1: it can change quickly.
2: I, I went to so many places, but one of my hardest hunt was in Scotland. Really? Well, the First um, time, yeah. The Definitely. Marine, he
0: died on the hill. Yeah, but that was at the back of my house. But Glenn Clover. Really? He, he Royal went, Marine. He, he went up for a run on the hill. Unbelievable. The the cloud came in while he was up yeah. there. So because he, he was doing like a kind of like an endurance run yeah, yeah. around the hill. He was came exhausted. and he bunkered down for the night because he knew he wasn't gonna get down. My god. And uh the exposure got him during the night because he was yeah, yeah. In. Uh, but they sent the four-five commander from our broth to go and all find, find him. him. The the uh-huh. t- they sent the marines in to go and find him, and they found him. Unfortunately, he didn't Full make guy, it. I mean, yeah. So that just
1: shows you, right? There, there's a exactly. guy who's a Royal Marine, and he was going on a
0: experience training experience and common sense. Yeah, yeah
1: he d- but he died. And still, so sad. But it just that shows you sad, that
0: yeah. he he would have had the knowledge to survive. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, it, it turned out the way it did. But. If you go up there
2: unprepared completely, you, it will totally. get you. I so remember my first time in Scotland. Uh, where were you, Tommy? I can't. I mean, it was Lock, one of your lakes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. yeah exactly. <laughs> we thousands of them. Um, I think it was two hours driving from a Calendar. Is it Calendar okay, place? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Calendar. Yeah. Somewhere in mountains and um, nice, uh, nice lake, long, uh, narrow lake. We were hunting there and uh, that m- my guide he he was hunting on property he was given yeah. to reduce the population or manage it whatever and it was great but the thing is for me it was first time that i was talking in a mountains soaked with water <laughs> <I> <laughs> normally all the, all the way to the top yeah yeah i mean it's just normally dry i like, couldn't yeah. believe i mean i said i mean really swamp
0: we have this debate uh, yeah, all the time. How can there be degrees. a swamp up, yeah. up a hill? Exactly. E- e- even uh, when we were hunting with some of the Scandinavian people we've, we've had over and that. And yeah. the, the terrain is actually very, very similar, especially yeah, in the places where they shoot reindeer. Yeah, I They agree. still couldn't believe that we had a swamp still at the very top of the mountain. That is the thing, <laughs> yeah.
2: Hill is hill, but in Scotland that hill is soaked with water. And soft. Soft, yeah. yeah. And that was another problem. I used to hunt on rocky terrain and uh, hard. Here I was like on sponge all the time. And <laughs> it really yeah. it it drains your legs it works as well, your legs it? big time. it? It makes me more tiring, uh, more tired, uh, it's more exhausting and my guys, they were running actually all the time without any problems. Mm. But they grew up there. They lived there, For yeah. me, my, I, I was fit, I was younger and so on, so I was keep tracking them. And then we saw a herd of deer and they started running around the hill. My God, I said, okay, and distance between me and them was like 50 meters. And I was running, and there was like, you call it bog? Yeah. Oh, my God. I ended up up to, up to my waist. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't want to make any noise. But the thing is, I, I thought it's like live mud or sand. So this is it, my end. Oh, that's it. But Finish. I don't want to spook the animals. <laughs> <laughs> so I was there with the rifle, sinking slowly. <laughs> I couldn't get out. I mean, it was it peat uh, bog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, black. Uh, oh my god! So I managed to pull myself out. I was black. I mean, uh,
0: it's I mean just, that, yeah, saw it just me. sticks saw you Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the s- deer.
2: I got the deer at the end of the day. I mean, we, uh, the thing is, we were into three hundred deer, maybe. We find stags which we would like to shoot and so on. Everything was perfect and suddenly the whole herd started running. And I couldn't believe what's happening. And uh, the guy said, oh, walkers. But I couldn't understand him because Scottish uh, uh, accent. (laughs) At that time I was a new guy in in, in UK. So all these accents and so on. So I was learning. And he said walkers and said, what is he saying? And then I saw people basically walking around with lab, uh, Labrador. uh the dog, dogs, yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, my God, this was my my time to to end this hunt in the nicest possible way. And, oh, I was so mental. I was uh, mad about that. Anyway, we managed at the end of the day to on. get really nice stock, I'll never forget. But it was one of my hardest uh, stalking day ever. Because really, I mean that's, inc- time, that's incredible. Yeah. Considering where you yeah, came. exactly, but
1: you must have been cold and wet by the time yes. you got there.
2: Yes, uh, I was. Uh, w- I mean, you're sweating all the time. Yeah. It was raining. It was. Um, it
0: doesn't help. You're wet on the outside. You're wet underneath.
2: Yeah, and you're walking through bog. Exactly. I mean, uh, I was thinking, should I go just naked next time, <laughs> just in, the, in slipper, <laughs> whatever? <laughs> you know, speedos, and that's it. Uh, but it was incredible experience. I love Scotland. Yeah. One of
1: my, one of my, is a train, oh no, <laughs> I was going to say has a train come through <laughs> no. One of my earliest memories as yeah. a little kid was my dad used to take us, before, I mean, Daryl might have just been born, uh, but he was too big to walk, uh, too small to walk, <laughs> uh, and he used to take me to this series of little lockins
0: uh-huh. to fish for pike. Oh, nice! And
1: I used to have a, uh, a like a onesie zip-up camo uh-huh. thing, and I, you know, you think you're the shit when yeah, you're yeah. four years old and you got your onesie camo on, and, you know, And he would be marching along there with the fishing rods, yeah. and I'd follow on eagerly behind. Yeah. And I used to love bouncing on the soft moss. Yeah. And we were walking <laughs> across. You can see where this is going, yeah, right? Yeah. And I found this bit of soft we were going, run, jump off, end in, up to my neck. <laughs> yeah, oh my up God. to my neck. Yeah. My my dad, uh, he was, you know, a bit, bit of tough love. Yeah. He said, right, that was your fault. You yeah. did that. You're cold and wet now. Yeah, yeah, I'm cold and wet. <laughs> well, we're still going fishing. <laughs> really? <laughs> so you're just going to have to tough it out. I'm sure, I mean, I can't remember because it's so long ago. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he made the fishing of trip course. shorter. Yeah. But... He, we still went fishing because I'd yeah. be stupid enough to go <laughs> jump in the bottom th-
2: that is the right way, actually, <laughs> yeah. because you learn quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For next time, I, I do the same. My son is just seven years old, and every time when I can take him somewhere outdoors or his mom, he goes. Mm. And if he makes a mistake, I mean, it's sometimes he feels... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, every time when he passes the obstacle, whatever it is, he feels so happy, and then he... Tells you in the evening, you know that it tells you the it. story yeah. exactly. And that feels good. I mean, yeah, I feel good as well. Yeah. That's how I grew up as well.
1: Right, when Dad would take us, you know, when you're a kid, yeah. he was taking us to go and shoot rabbits with an air gun. Yeah. Uh, so he would be with the air gun. And for us, I might as well have been hunting buffalo. Exactly. Because when you're that yeah. age, the grass is taller than our heads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a rabbit and it's so cool. And it's, it's an air gun that's got double barrels, which of course yeah, it yeah. does and It's what? just under it. And, yeah, yeah. and, and
0: so you're not actually strong enough to cock oh, it. No, no, we're yeah. too weak yeah. to do this, yeah. you know,
1: to cock, cock an air rifle. And he uh, would always say the same thing, you know, when you, you, you want to come with? Of course you oh, want to come with. It's yeah, oh no problem, but you keep up. I'm not waiting for you.
2: It's unbelievable. I mean, th- that piece of metal, yeah. air rifle, as a kid, gave you so much confidence. You felt like grown up. Yeah. Oh well, you
1: remember, You'll remember the first time when you're actually allowed to go and take it up by yourself. Yeah.
2: Exactly. I remember, oh, my God, uh, I'll never forget the, those things. I mean, I still have those uh, air rifles, and now my son is using some of them. So yeah, it's, it's we a, still yeah. got all our old Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Sitting so nice. In the cupboard. Yeah. I Diana,
1: some Diana 25, that was my first one. <laughs> Mine
2: was Slavia, Czech Republic, and one was made in ex-Yugoslavia by Zastava. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they good. still make guns. Yeah, yeah, they still they make, guns. make guns, yeah, yeah and they, they were good. I don't know how my father got them, but... Yeah, I was using them and they're still there. I think Slavia is broken. I wanted to fix something. Mm. I was, I think, twelve years old, and, uh, and you broke yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And
1: you're you're always—that's the other thing you're always wanting to do at that age. Is you want to tinker with it and make it more powerful, exactly, and better.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And that you always want to like pack yeah. a
1: spring out, or <laughs> exactly
2: yeah. that. And all these old all the guys that would tell you, oh, you have to change the spring. Of course, they were eighteen, nineteen. They were making fun of me and. <laughs> Yeah, I would go there and, oh, my God, I mean, what am I doing? I don't even have the spring. But, yeah, everything was disassembled. Trying to stretch it. Yeah. Uh, it's,
1: th- it's those early, those early experiences yeah. is what set you up and just give I, you that thirst. So, yeah. and even when, uh, even when uh, you might drift away from it. Yeah. But if you've had those, that early kind of experience, yeah, I agree. you... Uh, most of the people that I know, if not all of them, who have had yeah. that kind of early experience, yeah. they always come back to it.
2: I think so. I mean, I, I had always urge to explore places, meet new people, and hunt in the most remote areas I could think of. I still have dream about going to Alaska, for example. Yukon. Have River. you never been? No, I didn't have time because the thing is, when they have season, I have season, uh, and I yeah. have to. That is the problem for us. My market and uh, where I operate mostly is Croatia, then Slovenia, a little bit of Hungary. Occasionally, I go to Africa and so on. But this is where my clients want to go, mostly to Croatia. And I take uh-huh. lots of them, yeah. Different species, mouflon, shama, all open ranges in mountains above the coast, which is great. But also, I have dreams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to go somewhere. Alaska's high on our list. W- when, exactly. you, when you
0: take clients to Croatia, do you now take them on the game of... Th- thrones tour before before they go on the hunt. no because
2: it's so oh my god that that thing thing everybody's asking especially the guys from the states you know gamers of thrones and i didn't even watch things because I you need have, to it's great yeah i mean everybody says however i don't have time and if i have time to watch something it's more about hunting than okay i'm going to go to see what you filmed or somebody yeah. else, you know, that, that's what I like. Ian did some stuff from in from Alaska. Alaska yeah, yeah. yeah, incredible stuff. Exactly what I want to do one day when I find time for myself. And mm-hmm. after that podcast with Remy, I, I'm just thinking again. That, must have got that Yukon yeah. fever, you know. <laughs> I want to go there. My, my dream is to go there, shoot moose or at least see something and go in, in canoe. Yeah. Down the yeah, river. Yeah, that would be amazing. That, that, exactly. That
1: pack we were talking about recently, That in the States they do a lot of that pack rafting, where they'll pack yeah. Off yeah. out of a place, exactly. or they get
0: dropped in and pack craft out. That would yeah. totally like be what seriously do. cool. So cool. The, the really annoying thing is is it would be too complicated in Scotland because you, you'd be crossing yeah, too yeah, many people's course, yeah. borders with, with, with firearms. firearms. Oh, but, that is, yeah. But you could do it in Scotland because we do have
2: enough long river systems. You know what?
1: Maybe we should try and set one up.
2: Just try it, or before you start something, thinking about it, just prepare all the guys who are having border or land. Yeah, you just speak to them. Can we just cross it for purpose of this, this, yeah. and this? We won't poach, we won't shoot. It would be
1: amazing to do that. I love that. Exactly. There's something romantic about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I've done is, uh, I remember we went on, on the island, in, in canoes and I saw Muflon on that island and I was thinking my god if I had a rifle now it would be like almost like in Yukon you know yeah. you go there you shoot put them kayak and go back take back you have like three four kilometers from the mainland yeah. fantastic little adventure but it's an adventure so this
1: in terms of Croatia yeah what can people expect if they want to go and hunt there with you what I mean if, from the little that you've yeah. just been talking about now it just yeah. sounds like an absolute paradise of game
2: I mean, it, it is in a way because it's it's we're, we're, we shoot or hunt shama, Balkan shama subspecies or mouflon or even bears and uh, we have lots of wolves, we are not allowed to to uh, hunt them, unfortunately, even though there is more and more of them and they cause lots of problems, but we have also links. So you have like uh, four big predators there. It's fantastic. Uh, animals are wild. Um, the scenery is amazing. Yeah, you're so just. How does it work?
1: Mountain. Is it is it concessions or private? You have
2: concessions, private government. Uh, I mean, private concessions. They are private concessions, but the the, the land belongs normally to government. So you are paying to Ministry of Agriculture or hunting just the for fee t- exactly. Yeah. and uh, whatever money you make. Uh, with commercial hunts basically it goes to pay damage on agricultural fields or it goes to pay damage on cars when they hit It's oh, uh, just like deer the compensation what, yeah, for it's, having it's, the game it's, it's, yeah. yeah exactly i mean the hunters they, are, they they suffer a lot because everything they pay whatever happens they're responsible for animals And they are the ones who are paying and even when we had like uh, in February we had lots of snow, really lots of snow, it was really harsh winter, short but those four weeks we put tons and tons of food all over Croatia, wherever it was hit by snow, hunters were going there non-stop leaving some um, hay, uh, corn and so whatever they had, yeah. So it's it's good, but <laughs> Croatia is nice because the thing is, when we go to shoot in or hunt in those uh, mountains above the Adriatic coast, you're two hours maximum from the airport. Yeah, it's nice. So it's quite try. accessible. Exactly, very accessible, very easy. You come tired from journey. We have only short journey to get there. We go to one of our villas or hotel, it depends which species we are hunting, and next morning we are almost there. So mm. Sometimes you have to drive for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. So if you but don't have the time
1: to do like a 12-day exactly monster that. expedition, yeah. you can ex- still experience that a bit of the yeah. wild, but Definitely. within a few days.
2: Yeah, and uh, normally you need like three days, three, four nights to, to shoot really nice mouflon or shama or bear have lots of brown bears um, they can be incredibly big and s- yeah it's, it's, it's a really managed population uh, yeah. of bears you have a certain amount but of limit yes. that you can take over here every, every year we get special um, I mean limited number of tags mm-hmm. to shoot and uh, some lots of bears are killed on the roads hmm. so even if it's small cub it counts like bear so you lose one tag so, what, so they actually count the ones that have been killed yes, on the road? B- yes, it makes sense because yeah, the thing is, is if I get 100 tags mm-hmm. and we hunt, we, for example, we kill, we take our out 100 bears and we don't take in count whatever is killed by trains and cars, uh, whatever accidents there are, basically you end up in that year with not 100. Taking more than that. Exactly, much more than that. So they want to shoot every... I mean, government is... They also make stupid laws and things like that. It's, it's all about politics. So they don't listen to people who are there, involved, actively. So, for example, we have 1,000 bears. Uh, we think there are, there is like twelve hundred of them. It doesn't matter. They want us to shoot 10% of them shoot all different agents and so on the problem is now if i shoot small bear there is no money which i need to run the ground Mm -hmm. to buy food because there are wild boar deer and so on so you are investing you want money for the ground and you can get one license maybe three but if you shoot small bear there is no money even to cover the bait (laughs) so you need more you need old mature animal which I mean, it's the end of its lifespan and um, basically beautiful trophy.
1: So are they not concerned about what the makeup is? They just, it's a hundred of anything.
2: Exactly. hundred Uh. and they want to shoot all. I mean, it's, it's all politics for them. It's just a number for us. It's much more than that. Mm. And if we don't shoot, we are not concerned. We'll shoot another year, another, when it comes season, that bear will be there. We are happy that it's there. Government, oh, you didn't shoot. Uh, so you they're almost giving you abuse for not exactly. shooting enough. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, you can lose even the concession because That's of that, uh, so right.
1: it, which is not... That's a very difficult good. line to tread, that.
2: It is, it is. That's
0: what you have got someone looking at numbers instead of yeah, actually populations and reality population on the ground. The exactly, the ground. <laughs> exactly. That
2: exactly that. And the problem is with wolf as well, uh, we had plenty of wolves. And in 2013, suddenly we had clients hunting wolves legally. Some of them even shot wolves, and next morning, it w- suddenly it was banned.
1: Well, overnight?
2: Yeah. So, what can you do with wolves? Now you can't get the permits, you can't get anything.
1: Wow. You think they'd do that maybe at some other yeah, point exactly. in the year when the season was Exactly. It closed. happened yeah.
2: overnight without no reason. Reason was they, they spoke to somebody in Brazil. In Brazil? Uh, Br- Brussels. Oh, in Brussels? Yeah, yeah, Brussels. We said we don't want to do this. Anymore. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. But what do you know? What we have in Croatia? I mean,
1: you got a lot of f- you got a lot yeah. of wolves in Croatia. A,
2: a lots of them, and
1: uh, and they will be taking their toll on the small bear. Pop- yeah, the like I the mean, young they, bears, will they
2: kill lots of normally lots of deer, and special when it's deep snow, um, they decimate. Exactly that. Yeah. I mean, we found I have some pictures, and they're horrible. But we are happy to have wolves, but not in that number. Yeah. Um, but what happened... I mean, the, the, the contract fact is that uh, people are shooting them now illegally. Because, because they, they want have rid of them. Exactly. Not to get rid of them. But because to they're causing just, problems. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't let me and I have to pay... I have to pay concession to the government every year. And I can't sell hunt because I don't have enough deer, wild boar and so on. What should I do? You don't pay me for the damage caused by wolf. What should I do? Yeah. So people... Take few wolves every year. Now the thing is, we don't know how many. No, because now it's not regulated. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you, I mean, they're, they're, we are humans. So it'd be people far better for exactly. everything to be above exactly. above board, monitored, Definitely. permits, Definitely. and then
1: you can say, okay, less this year, more next year.
2: Exactly that. That's how it worked. It worked really well, and suddenly it's. I mean, for the last five years, people are. You know.
1: And that story is repeated around the world. <laughs> yeah. It's the same wherever you go.
2: Yeah. Wherever you go, and it's it's really sad. I mean, it's just, yeah. uh, I don't know.
1: Tom, I would love to speak yeah. to you for longer. Alright, we're going to have to start wrapping <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, that it's that been a f- fascinating discussion. Yeah, yeah. And thank, uh, you, very thank much. you very much for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.
2: And you get thank to you. listen to
0: yourself on the next <laughs> long trip. <training. laughs>
2: See, I mean, the, the only problem would be I I don't like my accent when I'm listening to myself. So.
0: We'll change it. We'll, we'll
2: change it for you when a we edit nicer, it. A bit you know. <laughs> Borat accent. Uh, Borat accent. <laughs> that's like how it's they call they call it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, like, I like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's a, good. Yeah. And thank on you that very note, much. Thank yeah. you, Tomo. Thank you.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of bars, but uh, yeah, it's right. uh, it's, a, it's a very, very cool place and uh, we, we haven't actually had a chance to, to speak about it on the podcast yet because of obviously just getting back, but we're going to do a whole right, podcast right. On, on Svalbard and have Johnny who took us there to go and do some filming for him and right, uh, talk right. all about it. But yeah, it's on a, a different different scale of landscape to anything that we were used to and a different level right. of cold as well.
3: Right, right, right. Um yeah, I experienced in Wyoming minus twenty nine while filming, which um it's not even what you were in. Wow! No, I mean minus
1: twenty nine is cold. It was sort of you walked out the door yeah. and it was like minus twenty to twenty five, and but then you got to oh, add, right, the, okay. add the wind chill on top of that. So I think on top yeah, of the glacier, yeah, yeah. the one day we were probably down to like minus forty or something, crazy like that.
3: It's just it's, it's tough. It's tough. How did you? Um,
1: <laughs> how did you cope with your gear in my, in that kind of temperature? We found that it uh, mostly it worked, nightmare.
3: but like but, yeah, light electronics are fine. Yeah, the electronics were all fine because they produced heat, but it was so cold, and we had a 35-mile-hour wind, so um, it was like the lenses and things, and and actually, one of the technical problems, retrospectively, was that as soon as you turned the engine off in the car, the contracting of the metal was making such a noise in the background with a sudden drop in temperature, that through all the audio, there's these pings as the metals contracting, well, we, and, didn't, uh, we didn't have, we have that had a problem. Of, no heat. <laughs> I mean, the lenses would just get so cold that as soon as we went indoors, of course, it was. I mean, I was actually worried we were going to crack them at one point. So, but
1: the, the one issue that we had yeah, was, was cables. Like all the cables oh, were eventually just so really? rigid, we were afraid to like bend them too much oh, to get really? them in place. What yeah, happened. exactly.
3: Yeah, actually. Yeah, well, that's an interesting point. We didn't have many, well, we had them on the audio, I suppose, and I didn't notice that, but we um, don't have many, ca- there's not really much on the camera, so it, it's not too cable-y.
1: Oh, that's not too bad. But yeah,
3: yeah, I didn't, no- I didn't notice that. But, so, well, I guess the audio one was continuously moving.
1: So. Yeah, I suppose, you well, if, if the problem was that we actually had some of our stuff packed down and then for transport, and then we were putting it back together, so like the cable oh, for our yeah, screen, right. cable for the audio, like you oh, say, yeah, in, yeah. in the field. So then you're like, do I want to straighten yeah, this all it. the way or is it just going to snap in half?
3: Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And it's not like there's just many places to get spares up there.
1: No, probably none.
3: Uh, but I'm filming in Greenland, actually, the next film, so I'm sure there's pain.
1: <laughs> ah, tremendous. Well, you'll have to tell us all about that or we'll come back on the show. But we've asked <laughs> you to come back on um, this show because... Very relevant to the last time you were on, which I think was probably, I'm thinking, trying to think now, a year and a half ago now? Must have been about yeah, a year. Yeah, probably. And yeah. And you were talking yeah. about your film, uh, The Island and the Wales, and it is now in cinemas in the UK. We always tell people about it and say, you, you've got to go and see it. We've just said to a whole bunch of people recently now that it's showing in the UK. But I, I know that you've, you've been speaking to very important people because you had to push back this podcast by an hour because you've just been on the BBC, mm. right?
3: Yeah, it was, yeah, with five minutes' notice, live on BBC Radio London. How was that? Fucking Uh Yeah, it's so much fun. So it's a different angle. So uh, they weren't talking about the environmental of the whales as much as the Nordic culture. So. Oh, OK. So,
1: so how, how's the... what's What's it been like for you with regard to... I mean, you know, you've kind of... It's done and dusted, and that film's been finished for quite a while. I mean, it was finished when we spoke to you, but it seems to have yeah. built this incredible momentum since we last
3: spoke. Yeah, yeah. it's um, It's been a nice... Uh, sorry, it was a cargo <laughs>
1: Are we rolling, by the way? We we we, we are rolling, but <laughs> that, yeah,
3: yeah, that's quite fine. all right. Yeah, no, okay. We're you're speaking gonna, to you
1: live, live, live in the field because we know that you're you're jumping <laughs> between different premieres and different interviews, so it's all good. I'm in
3: Lisbon right
1: now, actually. Oh, I thought you were in uh, the UK.
3: I'm flying back tonight to London, yeah. But I'm in I'm in Lisbon right okay. now, so
1: that's fine. We I'm um, sure our listeners can can cope with a little bit of disturbance, knowing that you're flying well, here, there, and everywhere. So yeah, tell us <laughs> of what the last sort of year and a half's been like as it's sort of built momentum up to to now.
3: Oh yeah, it's been really nice actually to see the way that it's it's kind of snowballed through the, through the years, and and it's um, I suppose as the islands were a bit of a gem that I discovered. The film has been I hope something like that for for audiences, and it's it's not um you know it's a challenging film and we haven't simplified it into the boxes that people might have thought it was in and therefore it just takes a little bit of uh chewing over and it finding its own feet and um for its sorry, its merits to speak for itself rather than the presumptions people might think about what it what it is um what- so
1: What's the feedback been like from? I mean, you, you've obviously been to some of the showings where you might have had a chance to to speak to people before and after. Like, what what is the the reaction been like?
3: Well, um, it's really interesting that um, even sea shepherd activists who are in the film who are arrested in the film agree with the film as much as the whalers agree with. the film. And uh, what we always wanted to do is can create a bit of a North Star for everyone to look at and, and a, a bigger story that regardless of your opinion on the whaling and the hunting aspects of it, a, it's a dire situation where this pristine corner of the world is so toxic that babies are born with 40 times the safe level of mercury in them if their mother's been eating a bit of whale while she's pregnant. I mean, that was, I didn't set out to make an environmental film, but when you're confronted with that as a reality, and hear people still talking about denying man's impact on the natural world, and it's just completely, it's not a theory, it's a physical reality there. So um, I think that all sides could come together on that, regardless if you're uh, just disturbed by the the hunting aspect It's not good for people and it's not good for the animals either so
1: there were so uh, many stories I
3: mean,
1: I sorry. sorry sorry to interrupt you but i was just going to say no. that there are so no. many stories within your film that, that we t- you know we, we elaborated a little bit on it uh well a, a lot on it in, in the last podcast but there's so many different angles to it. i think that's one of the things that made it fascinating and we have for the first time uh just this week while well, we've been in svalbard had whale for the first time <laughs> we ate it we ate some
3: Sorry, you, you ate some whale up in Svalbard. Yes, we did, yeah. Oh. Uh, and that's the thing. Different species have um, different issues. So the, the, the bigger whales are not so high in mercury because they eat at the bottom of the food chain with the, the, the plankton and the krill. Uh, and so they are full of, uh, unfortunately, the pesticides and those different pollutants that are going off into the sea. So the Norwegian whales were just rejected uh, by Japan for import because they were so high in pesticides. So, <laughs> great, <laughs> thanks teeth, for that. Yeah, so, good luck with that. <laughs> but yeah, the um, the toothed whales are, are very high in polychlorinate biphenyls and vicious man made chemicals that have a 10 year half life. So, once they're in your body, they're there for quite a while. And Mercury, of course. Well, I'll, I'll give you some f-
1: feedback in 10 years then to see how we've got on after. Let me know. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. <laughs> so for, for people who, we're going to direct people back to the original podcast uh, that we did. Okay. Um, but for people who want to go and see what we're talking about, it's in a whole heap of locations. Where, where can they visit so they can see all the showings that are around the country in the next couple of weeks?
3: Um, well, on Thursday to 29th of March at 7pm, we're in Picturehouse Central with uh, Channel 4's Jon Snow is hosting the Q&A with myself. And the professor in the film is coming from the Faroe Islands, so oh, to join the panel. And that will actually be live streamed to several cinemas around the UK who are doing a simultaneous screening at the same time. So, um, And you can see all the listings uh, are on the islands and the whales dot com uh slash screenings or you great. can just like but um um that's that's probably the that's probably the best way because I think there's um they keep adding to them but I think there's around fifty screenings on the UK. So that's great I'm gonna I'm gonna try but most and make of the, most of them are one night only, so um don't miss it. <laughs>
1: No, we'll uh we'll we'll share share the page from that as well, so that people people can see. But they can visit the website and go and check out all all the all the dates, which are being like you say added to all the time moving away from that Perfect. just as a, a ver- just a brief overview what have you been up to since that because like we said that was quite a long time ago but i know that you've been working on because our mutual friend who I, I, john who we were shoot- i was sh- actually shooting with on the 12th of uh, august last year he was giving a little bit of insight into what you've been doing but you know, what how what have you been up to or what's coming up next for you
3: well we ended up in um in the wild wild west in uh, in utah and uh, Arizona and Wyoming, filming cowboys who take part in poetry competitions. These are real horseback riding guys moving cows around. Po- poetry cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. I saw the poster for it when I was driving a few years ago from San Francisco to Utah. I stayed in a hotel. and It was an overnight stopover. I saw a poster for the National Cowboy Poetry Gathering and had to know more about it. Um, and so we started filming by chance the, the week after the uh, the American elections. So it was a contentious time and um, an interesting one to explore that part of the world. And these guys, they still feel the creative urge, despite working all the hours that they do, and use their holidays to travel thousands of miles and share their poetry with each other. So, That's crazy. um it's, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> so we spent about seven months of the last year filming that in between uh, screenings of The Islands in Wales, and then there's another filming, there was also in Greenland, we have another production that's taking place there, which I can't say too much about yet, but will hopefully be finished by the end of this year as well, so...
1: Brilliant! So, is, sure. when can we uh, expect to have you back on the podcast to talk about your uh, cowboys with po- <laughs> cowboys well,
3: and poetry film? I'd like film. to say, yeah, late autumn. Hopefully, we can discuss the uh, the Greenlandic one. That would be good. And the the portrait the cowboys, I think, will be I'll be finished in two thousand and nineteen. That's a bit of a a slow slow cook cowboy stew. That one. <laughs>
1: That's great, well. <laughs> uh, Mike. I'm, I'm I'm pleased that we managed to catch you in amongst everything you've been doing, just to give people uh, an update. And hopefully, this is going to encourage people to go and check out some of the screenings and go and see it. Uh, Daryl went to the the premiere way way back, just after we interviewed uh, last. Uh, time. That's right, yeah, At the Edinburgh film festival. Film festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But sadly, I missed it. So I'm going to try and uh, I'm going to try and make one of your new dates and and take Beth along with me. We you,
3: have. We're we're, oh, I have to say, I. We will not have the fairies pop band, Zacharis, there this time, which we had in (laughs) Edinburgh. That was was something to remember. Yeah, it was. (laughs) But uh, thanks for having me back on the podcast. It's a pleasure, Mike. Thanks very much.
0: Thank you. Well, you've just heard from Tomo and then in between you heard from uh, Mike Day. And join us again in two weeks' time where I have no idea who's coming on the show because we've got a few pre-recorded and I think we've got some that are away to be recorded, so um, it will be a surprise. It will be. Coming up, I know that we're definitely doing a show with Ben O'Brien,
1: who's just started a new podcast called The Hunting Collective, which is Excellent. I'm up to date and listen to all of it. Oh, there you um, go. Podcast, his, another podcast suggestion yeah, for you. There you go. He's uh, the man. He, he's from Yeti, uh, Yeti coolers, but he's he's much more than that. He's he's a hunter and he's connected to a lot of cool guys. And he seems I, we, I don't know him, but I've spoken to him. He seems like a really great guy in his own right. Uh, and also, someone you've heard from before, Tyler Shop, is going to be actually at our office in about four weeks' time uh, for a couple of days. So we're going to do another in-depth podcast with him, hopefully... Tyler's from Modern Huntsman, by the way. Uh, For those people who don't know. Uh,
0: And hopefully
1: we're going to do that with a beer in hand. Yeah, that'll be... Less formal.
0: Yeah, less formal. Um, So, yeah, we should be back to normal scheduling from uh, now on. Um, And like we said, it was uh, exceptional circumstances that we weren't in the country. But saying that, if I'd known how good the signal was, we probably could have released it at the, the correct sign. I'm not even joking you. We had full 3G, you talking... Like thirty, forty k's out of Svalbard. Svalbard. Bear in mind, it's a it's a town of two thousand people. And you're going through these mountain ranges. I mean, you only have to drive five minutes from where our office is and you lose signal on our hills. And that's like four or five k's away, it, if that. Where where the shooting ranges? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's like, that's only a couple of k's and you lose all signal. But in Svalbard, full 4G, it's a nice thing and it's also not a nice thing at the same time. It's only it's in it's certain places. They, they don't have it across yeah, the whole island. It is literally in, in two locations, outside the main town and then um, outside the radio station.
1: You have to go and check out some of our pictures on that. I think...
0: Most of the pictures are on Instagram, are they? From that you've put up so far.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's. Pace uh, underscore brothers. We put
0: up a lot more on Instagram, so Pace underscore brothers. It will uh, blow you away. Yes, it will. And we've actually noticed, unfortunately, like all these things, um, social media is a pain. And Facebook went this way, and I think Facebook's kind of gone back a little bit. Um, Basically, stuff stops showing in your feed. So we had a message from someone saying, "Oh, um, I thought that." you hadn't posted in a while Um, and I've just gone on your feed and you've posted about eight pictures and I missed them all that's because it wasn't showing up on their feed and I I believe there is a button on Instagram where you can like click follow or notify when we put up pictures you can notify yeah. yeah I think so so I mean if you really do want to see what we're up to and keep up to date then do that because otherwise Instagram is going to filter it. We have changed our account from a business back to a personal to see if that makes any any difference. It's just damn Facebook wanting money from us. I know that's that's well, it's Facebook owner, don't it don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, uh,
1: and we are we have actually done a bit of a revamp on the website. So I'm hoping if we can just find a little bit of time, which is hard to come by. We should be able to start putting up a little bit more content on the actual website as well.
0: And we do have some more stuff coming from the in our store very soon. We're, we're developing some new products and potentially some more coffee uh, lines. Oh yeah, that we're, is exciting. We're, we're getting samples coming very soon. Uh, so if you didn't know, we have two branded uh, coffees that are produced in Scotland in Dundee, just down the road from us, uh, roasted there and... Uh, we give a portion of it to charity. You can go on our website, all the Ws, the dot com, to find all of that stuff out. I've got
1: fishing f- and hunting covered, both conservation charities. Exactly.
0: Uh, well, that, that's enough time uh, for us t- today. Um, you can download this show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, you can listen on youtube if you really want to it's also on spotify which is becoming the big big one for uh, us now spotify's overtaking nearly everything it just got listed yesterday it yeah, did get 4 yeah, publicly listed f- 4 billion oh, or 5 I didn't billion catch it was the ridiculous <laughs> oh it was absolutely ridiculous i i'm still to grasp the concept of a company having the value of 5 billion but never turned a profit yeah but I guess it's the number. number it's the potential, yeah. so you know you've got instant reach of however million people they've well, got. It's just the same as just it's data as well. Just
1: it? an even in just an email list of people's contacts that you know these are hunting people, here's an email it's list It has money. a value. Yeah, it does. That's what companies do all the time. It's crazy. It's crazy. And that's a complete divergence. So thank you very much for listening. <laughs> and anyway, you'll hear from us in two weeks.